It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. We're trying to play the guys that will help us have the best chance to win. So consistency of performance, understanding the plan and his job and his role in it for any position. You know, it could be for the center, the guard, the receivers, you know, whatever it is. You got to do a good job of making determinations on that. Again, we're trying to make decisions about what we think gives us the best chance to be successful in each phase. And, and that's what we'll do today, this week. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Whenever you put that soundtrack in the background right there, that's all I could focus in on. For a minute right there, I thought I was a rapper. In my head, I was spitting the lyrics that this is how we do. It was not in your head. And then I realized that I'm not really the rapper <laughs> at all. I am not the man. I better be the hype guy. I am not the rapper. I am not the MC. Or no, I'm not the rapper. I'm just the MC. Whatever the case may be. But uh, great soundtrack. Great way to bring us into hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And also a great way to bring us in is our next guest, Ted Wynn for The Athletic. Always right. Like catching up with Ted, doing a little film study. And Ted, thanks so much for your time. And I have so many questions when it comes to this Raiders team and what's going on and what you're seeing on, on uh, film. And, and first, I just want to start with the rookie, Tyree Wilson. Uh, what are you seeing? Are you starting to see some growth from him? You know, I know it's only been a couple games, and he only played a handful of snaps on Sunday. He was sick. But are you starting to see a little bit of something that gives you encouragement that he's going to start producing for this defense soon? Um, I mean, right now, the the, you know, the level that we want to see from Tyree is so low right now. We just want to see him line up and get off the ball confidently. And I thought he got off the ball a little bit more confidently in this game, I mean, obviously the snaps weren't very high, but, um, you know, I thought he got off the ball with a little bit more power than he has before, um, but still a long way to go. So, um, you know, I think maybe we'll look back in maybe three, four games, see if he's made any progress. But, you know, I'm, my expectations for him right now isn't that high. And it's not to say that I'm giving up on him. It's just I think he has a long way to go. So when it comes to Tyree, is this one of those situations that you feel like this guy, I don't want to say a redshirt year, but this may just be a feeling out year for him, and then he's a guy that they really kind of lean on year two? Yeah, you know, I think he would have had a better chance if he wasn't coming back from an injury, but the fact that he was a project and he had to come back from injury, which basically means, like right now, he's taking snaps that he would be taking in OTAs if he was healthy. Right. You know, because he had no training camp, he had no OTAs. He kind of just jumped in there, and you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a Chandler Jones situation happened, and then now he's being thrust into a prominent role, and he, he's trying to learn these te- new techniques and trying to refine the techniques that he wasn't good at in college, playing NFL games against NFL speed. So it, it's all kind of snowballing for him right now. Um, but I'm not losing hope on who I think he can be. Um, but it, it, it's not going to look pretty for, for at least a few more weeks. Yeah, see, and that was the thing I, I kept saying is the fact that this Chandler Jones situation, nobody saw this coming until it did. And so then all of a sudden the plan that might have been in place for Tyree is all of a sudden changed to, hey, by the way, need you. Another guy that they need, Ted, is, is Malcolm Kuntz. And I feel like he's been getting close. And even on Sunday against Pittsburgh, he was really close. And, and I thought he had a play on Kenny Pickett, and Kenny was able to shake out of it and have a nice little run down the sideline. How 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 close do you think Malcolm Kuntz is to actually make an impact defensively as well? Yeah, and Kuntz is a good example of being patient with the guy, right? I mean, like he did not look good, his, you know, his first year, 
and I think he's he's slowly gotten better. And um, I I think you know you see him as a legitimate pass rusher now. I don't you know he's not playing at a star level, but I think he's making an impact on the game. He's getting pressure. He you know obviously you want him to finish better. I mean he he had a sack. He had you know Kenny Pickett dead dead to rights on a third and nine, and Pickett kind of got away from him and scrambled for first down. But but he's getting pressure, and you know I think he was always built to be kind of a a third rusher, a a situational pass rusher, but Again, because of Chandler Jones' um, situation, he, he, he's getting put up there to be a second pass rusher opposite of Max Crosby. So he's doing the best he can, but obviously you want to, it's good to see the pressure. You want to see him finish. Yeah, exactly. I, I think of pressures, and I, I think of uh, uh, even going back to when the the Raiders had and now it's on Blake. Oh, Al, not Alton Smith. Who was the uh, who was the guy that they had that they drafted out of LSU that was always close and he never got there, and then he went Arden to Sarah. Key. Yes, Arden Key. Anytime I think of pressures and not getting home, I always think of of Arden Key. But uh, I think Malcolm Coons has something, right? I mean, you saw it his rookie year, where in limited amount of snaps he was able to get home. It's just, is it really him just figuring out this scheme with Patrick Graham as well? Um, I think it's just getting more comfortable. I mean, uh, Max Crosby talked, you know, when I, when I talked to him in the off season, he, he, he had a time where he was getting a lot of pressures, but not a lot of sacks too. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, it, it sometimes it, it takes him, the game slowing down for him and just being a little bit more under control coming to the quarterback. And, and when a game slows down, you kind of could react faster. And, and that could be, um, the thing with Malcolm Coons, you know, and he, he hasn't had a lot of playing time, and now he's starting to get that play time. So hopefully with that experience, the game starts slowing down for him. He can finish a little bit better. Again, we're talking with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Before I keep on going on with different players on the defensive side of things, Patrick Graham went from the sidelines to the booth. You talked to a lot of people across the league. You talked to a lot of players across the league. What do you think the biggest difference is between Patrick being on the sidelines to him being upstairs in the booth now? I think it allows him to see um, what the offense is doing and see everything a little bit better. So instead of trying to listen to somebody on the headset telling you what's happening from the bird's eye view, you get to see it yourself. So you get to make those adjustments a little bit better. Um, because, you know, when you're on sideline, you, you know, you're right in front of your players and you can talk to your players, things like that. But it, it's really hard to see everything that's happening. So uh, I think just being up top and being in a calmer environment maybe will allow him to make some quicker adjustments and, and um, see the things he needs to see from the opposing offense. What about Jacorian Bennett, uh, the fourth-round pick out of Maryland? Seems like to me, Ted, he'll have moments where he looks really good and he flashes, you're like, yep, there it is. And then he'll have moments where it's like he just gets beat because he's a rookie. Uh, what have you seen from him so far through three weeks? You know, I, I think I think against the Steelers, I thought he played a really clean, good game overall. I mean, you know, he had one bad – well, he had two bad plays. One bad play was when he got picked on a uh, shallow crosser by George Pickens and he got a big – gain a third down, but, I mean, he got picked. You know, it's kind of hard to avoid. And then another play, he got a defensive uh, pass interference on George Pickens, but, you know, th- that happens sometimes. And the, mm-hmm. the play right before that, you know, he was able to knock away a back shoulder pass on, on a similar play. Um, so, you know, I thought the Raiders are asking a, a more of their corners as far as playing uh, man coverage, a little more one-on-one coverage. Uh, they're blitzing more, which is something I want to see. So they're going to put more on, on the corners, and I thought Jacorn Bennett actually played pretty good. There was a bunch of snaps where you know he had blanket coverage over receivers, uh, so, so I like that. And you know what they were also doing was they were double teaming Pickens, and the opposite corner would have to be one on one. 
And the corners for the Raiders don't travel, which means they stay on their side. Marcus Peters stays on the defensive left side while Bennett stays on defensive right side. Um, but the problem is I think Marcus Peters is better when he has a double and as a safety over the top because it lets him jump routes. Mm-hmm. I think Bennett is better as a, a one-on-one guy because he has that speed and he could cover guys and recover. And that's what happened on the 72-yard touchdown was they doubled Pickens, but Bennett was on the double, and Marcus Peters was one-on-one on the backside with, uh, with, with the receivers, so, and he got burned. So, you know, I think you're going to have to – if you're going to play this way and be more aggressive, which I want to see more of, um, you're going to have to have your corners travel a little bit and trust Jacorian Bennett to play more one-on-one coverage. And um, I think he has the speed and athleticism to do that. That is encouraging, right? I mean, again, he's a guy that, you know, is expected to play a lot. I mean, he's been starting the whole season. Uh, he's, he's a guy that's going to have to be a cornerstone, a cornerstone corner for the Silver and Black moving forward. And, Ted, when you, you look at the corners and Marcus Peters, and I talked about it on Monday's show, that he had that opportunity to get the pick six. It's, it's something that Marcus Peters has done great over the course of his career. He just didn't finish the play. But I thought it was encouraging that he read it like a glove and he was all over it, jumped the route perfectly. He just didn't finish the play. What did you see? on that one yeah i believe it was a cover two zone where he was sitting back in zone read the quarterback's eyes and, and jumped the play uh but you know if they if the raiders are going to be moving towards playing more man coverage um I, I don't want to see marcus peters play too much press coverage unless he has a safety over top which allows him to play trail technique because i just you know obviously he has the instincts and um and you know the smarts and experience but I just don't think he has the speed at this point of his career to play a lot of bump and run coverage. And that's, yeah. and he got burned on a touchdown trying to play bump and run. So I want to see him play a little more, more off coverage and allow him to jump routes and you know use those instincts we saw on that uh, near pick six. Ted Wynn from The Athletic is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So flip it over to the offensive side of things. I know Jimmy G's in the concussion protocol right now, so maybe he plays on Sunday, maybe he doesn't. But from what you've seen from Jimmy so far, he's thrown a bunch of interceptions, six. He's leading the league in picks right now. But he hasn't got other guys involved offensively. It's been the Devontae show or the Jacoby show, and really nothing when it comes to Hunter Renfro, only a couple targets. Why is he not, in my or in your opinion, why is he not seeing the field or, or hitting other guys and getting them involved offensively? Um, you know, I, I think the other guys are kind of a work in progress. I mean, I, I think you should be getting Hunter Renfro the ball more. And I think that has to do with scheme, too, as far as putting Hunter in position where he's the first or second read instead of, you know, third or fourth read or maybe just the guy that's a runoff guy. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know, that um, on fourth and five, I think it was in the third and fourth quarter, uh, they were targeting uh, Jacoby Myers on kind of a triple move route. And, Myers, you know, he, he's a pretty good route runner, but I think in the short distance, we've seen Hunter Renfro run those like little triple move routes and, and those uh, short boxes or a short amount of space and get open. You know, we've seen a lot of that in, in the last couple of years uh, or two years ago, and I thought that was a route that Renfro could have ran, and I think, you know, you could have put Renfro in that position Myers was in and have him run a route. I think it would have been more effective. Uh, so just putting him in position where he's the first or second read would um, – would get him the ball more. So, you know, I think that's not entirely on Garoppolo. And I, I think as far as other guys, you know, the tight ends, I think the tight ends are having problems getting open. I, you know, there, there are times they're getting open, but this is not creating a ton of separation. Um, so, yeah, I, I think schematically it's going to be up to coach to try to, um, try to put guys in position where they can get the ball more. 
What do you think the reason is why Coach McDaniels hasn't dialed it up yet for Hunter like that, like you're mentioning? I don't know. I mean, I know what they're saying in the press conferences that he's been a part of the game plan, and I, I do see there are, you know, time, a handful of times where, yeah, he is the first read, and I can see that they're trying to get him the ball here. Uh, but I feel like, you know, when you're paying Renfro as much as you're paying him and, um, you know, he's on your team, why not use him a little bit uh, a little bit more and put maybe instead of five plays, put ten plays in the game plan where you get you get him a ball. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm confused by that as well. And, you know, through two games, he only had one target and one catch for 23 yards. And, I mean, like you said, for the money they're paying him, that's just not a very good return on investment. I did want to ask you, Ted, what you thought about – uh, Aiden O'Connell, because a lot of people are talking about if Jimmy can't go, then have Aiden O'Connell start. And I personally feel like it's too early, right? I think that, you know, if you've got the best chance to win, it's with Jimmy G, not with the rookie. But what would you think about Aiden O'Connell going out there in week four with this team if if Jimmy can't go because of concussion? Um, I mean, I think the problem is um, we saw Aiden O'Connell play in the preseason and everybody's excited about how much success he had in the preseason, but that's not always translatable. But, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I think when you talk about putting Aiden O'Connell in, the philosophy is, okay, we want to see our young guy play and see what he can do. But right now the Raiders are in a mind, still in a mindset of we want to try to win as many games as we can. So they think that Garoppolo and Hoyer run the offense better and, you know, maybe – other people have different opinions on whether who runs the offense better, but these coaches do see that. And, but, you know, from my perspective and from fans' perspective, we want to see what Aiden O'Connell does. But, you know, you can see that there's a difference between those two philosophies. You know, we want to see him because we want to see what the young guy can do. Right. They want to see Hoyer because they think that they give, he gives them the best chance of winning games right now. Right, exactly. And so I, I said, I threw it out there, like, if you're going to see Aiden O'Connell, you should see him in a handful of games or even commit to him. Say, okay, here we go. Here you go, rookie. Uh, go ahead and, and do what you do so we can see what you get. But it's got to be, you know, four, five, six games, and I think it would make more sense towards the end of the season when you're basically saying, all right, we're going to see, just like they did with Stidham the last two games of the year, as opposed to in week four when guys like Devontae Adams just said in the locker room, I don't have time to figure it out all year long. Yeah, and also, if Aiden O'Connell plays and he plays well, then it's going to be really hard to turn back to Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm sure they made you know, certain promises to Garoppolo, and Garoppolo's making a ton of money, too, and it, it, you, you'll get a torn locker room if you know, O'Connell plays a good couple of games and all of a sudden you decide to turn back to Garoppolo, and then you know, maybe he, plays, he doesn't play well. Right, yeah, then that could become a problem as well. And the Raiders don't need any more problems uh, at all. Again, Ted Wynn is our guest here from The Athletic. We'll close things out with this. Uh, the running game, it hasn't got going. We know who Josh Jacobs is. We saw what he was able to do last year. What would you see or what would you say from looking at the film uh, the biggest issue is with the run game right now? Well, he's seeing a lot more loaded boxes than he, he did last year. You know, um, Derek Carr passed, it, uh, passed deep a ton last year. And obviously when you have Devontae Adams on your team, teams are going to play more too deep coverages and uh, Jacobs feasted on those too deep coverages last year um, in the run game. And part of it is the offensive line is not a overwhelming run blocking unit, but they were able to take advantage of light boxes. But now you're seeing a lot more eight man boxes, a lot more extra defenders in the box. And the, the run block just hasn't been good. I mean, it, it, 
I can't pin it on one player in particular because it seems like, you know, one guy messes up one play and then the next play another guy messes up. They're just not in sync. And they just don't look very physical right now. And they're not getting a ton of push and they're messing up their assignments. So the run blocking has been good. You're seeing a lot more um, eight-man boxes. Um, and it's just been tough sledding for the, for the run game. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to be – they're not going to back off until you're going to hit – you know, you could – show that you can hit Devontae Adams deep or Trey Tucker deep and make them respect your, your passing game. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense right there. They do got to spread it out. They got to, uh, you know, open it up and, and take a few deep shots to keep the defense honest. But that physicality that you mentioned is something that Lincoln Kennedy talked with us about yesterday, that he's just not seeing that physicality from the offensive line, and that's a want-to situation. They've got to go out there and operate at a high level. Well, fantastic stuff as always. Ted, it's always great to do a little film study with you. Uh, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Um, so I, I wrote about – you know, a bunch of analytical decisions um, earlier in the week, and that's out on the athletic already, including Josh McDaniel's decision not to go for the uh, touchdown there and, and kick the field goal. Um, and right now I'm writing a story about whether the Bills can slow down Miami uh, Dolphins offense or not, and, and that's all going to be on the athletic. Yeah, I don't know if anyone can slow down Miami's offense. That thing is incredible. But I, I'm, I'm curious. You piqued my interest uh, because it's been heavily debated around here. What are your thoughts on, on what Coach McDaniel decided to do, not once but twice on Sunday night, kicking that field goal? I mean, it was the absolute wrong decision because once you kick the field goal, you're still down one possession. So instead of trusting your offense to gain four yards, you now you have to get a stop. And instead of the Steelers trying to get, you know, trying to gain a lead by kicking a field goal if the game was tied, all they need to get is one first down to essentially put the game out of reach, which is what happened. So you're, you're kind of just running in the same place. You're down, you know, you kick the field goal, you're still down one possession. Um, and, you know, the, the, the worst, the, the worst part of it is, uh, they did it twice because they had a field goal try and then the defense and the defense got called for leveraging and then, after they wasted more time, more precious time they needed, and then ended up kicking a field goal anyways. So it was just a, a bad decision. They were so close to the, to the red zone. you got to take that chance and try. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me as well. I, I thought the same thing, and, and, you know, all the Raiders did really was waste some time off the clock for the Steelers, and so we all know how it shook out. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, Ted, fantastic stuff, man. Great breakdowns. I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. No problem. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. There he goes. Ted Wynn. Good stuff right there from the Athletic. Talking all things offense, talking all things defense, and even went back to that fourth down call to kick the field goal, uh, something that I, you know, 100% don't agree with. But, look, I'm not the coach. So I don't make the final call. I don't make any of the calls, matter of fact. But uh, he made the call to go for it. I just – to kick the field goal, uh, not once but twice. And I just kind of felt like it was one of those situations. Now, now you really got to get the ball back quick, fast, and hurry and get all the way back down to the red zone and get a touchdown. And it's just it, – it's, it's tough to do with not a lot of time. And I love what uh, Amber Theo Harris, when she joined us on Monday, when we were at the Oyo, Oyo she joined us and uh, said what James Jones had to say. My mom always said, if I'm going to get in a fight and win a fight, you got to swing a punch. <laughs> you got to throw some punches. You might not connect, but if you're going to win a fight, you got to throw some punches. And when you kick a field goal and not go for the touchdown or go for the first down to eventually get the touchdown, you're not throwing any punches there. 419 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Jermaine Illuminor and Andre James will hear from both of those guys as they were in the Raiders locker room. Vinny hooked us up with the sound. You'll get it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 
This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Many thanks to Ted Wynn for The Athletic. Joined us in the last segment. Did a little film study with Ted. Does a great job. You can check him out on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. He's from The Athletic. And, again, you can find all his work. Did a little something-something on analytics. I'm sure that's got Brandon Staley involved in that. He said it has Joshua Daniels and his decision to kick the field goal involved in that as well. Talk about that Miami Dolphins offense, which is incredible. I don't know if anyone can stop them. Uh, really good stuff. So definitely check out Ted Wynn. We threw the question out there to you. Who's the vocal uh, leader on the Raiders offense? Who is that guy that can get in your face and, and say, come on, go with me. Let's go. We're going to get this done. Like Lincoln Kennedy used to do when he was playing on that Raiders offensive line. Like a Richie Incognito could do. Like a, a, a Steve Wisniewski could do. Like a Rich Gannon did. Who is that guy? A lot of people talked about Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs should be that guy. Don't know if he's that guy just quite yet. And maybe he needs to get rolling before he is that guy. But it would be nice to see him be. And I, I look at him as, as the dude. And I think Devontae Adams obviously could play a role in that as well. Snake Man hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Raiders are facing eight-man boxes and crashing inside because J.J. does not have the speed to threaten the perimeter. Plus, Illuminor and Van Roten, not agile enough to seal the edge. Simply not enough of athleticism to run outside. Defense is forcing us to run between tackles. Tape, don't lie. That's from Snake Man. Thanks so much for that uh, text. I do appreciate you. And look, Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Illuminor and, and, and uh, Van Roten, they've got to be better. If they're going to be starters, they've got to be better, right? Uh, and, and look, I'll say this for the whole offensive line. I think Dylan Parham's not really playing as physical as he's supposed to either. Possibly Andre James. Like, there's a lot – that's going on with that offensive line. They're just not, and Ted pointed it out when he, when he talked to us in the last segment, they're just not playing at that physical level, that high physicality level, and, and Lincoln Kennedy pointed it out yesterday. So there's something to it. I think Josh Jacobs' speed is fine uh, enough, right? He did a hell of a job in leading the league in rushing last year, so his speed was not a problem. So I know he's not the, you know, a burner, but I, he's good enough. He's good enough to get four or five yards of carry. He's not getting any of that right now. It's, it's, it starts up front with the blocking. Uh, they obviously the communication's got to be at the right level. Uh, there's a lot there that they need to uh, they need to address. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Let's go to North Las Vegas, Northtown. Let's talk to our guy Vince. Vince, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yo, Q, what's going on? And it's North N O R F. I know you're from the South, I believe. You spell it N A W F. North. North. Yeah, we don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to put this Vegas swag on you, man. It's North, North Town. Baby. Anyway, how you doing, Q? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> love listening to your show. Um, here you're talking about who should be that captain. Yeah, it should be Josh Jacobs, but why not address – should be. What about Cole Miller? Isn't he the captain of that offensive line? Yep. He needs to get his guys in line. He's the best offensive lineman that we have. He needs to be more vocal. He needs to step into that role, and I understand. When you look at this team, one thing I like about this team is there there is no egos. So you look at a guy like Hunter Renfro. I heard you talking about Renfro. The man only had – you were paying him all this money. And he only had two targets, and both of those targets came in the fourth or the last game. 
if you look at Hunter Renfro, he's not that outspoken. I would love for him to be that guy, but he's just not like that. And that's, right. maybe that's a good and a bad thing, because now look at the situation that we're in. So just to answer your question, I'm looking at either Josh Jacobs or Colton Miller. Let's address the line right then and there with the with the line captain, Colton Miller. Get your guys in line. You need to step it up. And I know it's cool. Some guys like Devontae Adams, he's tried to be more vocal. Guys like Crosby, but honestly, it takes a certain type of uh, person, a certain type of player to be that vocal leader, like a LeBron James or something. You know, but you know, it takes a special mm-hmm. type of person. Not asking them for the, to, I'm not asking for those guys to do that because they like to lead by their play, which is fine. But if I'm, if you want to ask who should be the vocal guy, Josh Jacobs, get your guys in line, or Colton Miller, get your guys in line. I love thing it. I wanted to. That's the thing. If if you don't mind, yep. uh, I want to touch on. Um, Next week, next Sunday's game is a must-win. I don't care what anybody says. You can look. I don't care how you look at it. Next week is a must-win, and um, it breaks my heart, man. Josh McDaniels. I don't think he's the right. He might be a good coach, but not for this team. He doesn't have that grit. It takes a certain type of player. I mean, it, t- it takes a certain type of person to want to coach for the Raiders. Look at Jack Del Rio. He understood the assignment. Look at Coach Gruden. He understood the assignment. You got this guy out of New England. First of all, he's a patriot. He puts on his little stupid visor, and then he wants to call himself a Raiders coach. I don't think so. And the reflection of the our play is exactly what that is, is who's that type of guy. So if you ask me, um, if we don't get things together by this Sunday, which I think is a must win, we might – I think I could totally see, and I'm trying to stay positive here, we could totally see – I could totally see Adams uh, requesting a trade here. You know, we don't deserve a guy like him. He's wasting his career here, as far as I know, in Las Vegas, and I hate to see that. He deserves a lot better. He's been saving our butts every other down. It's time that we save his. It's time to make that push. He even said it after the Steelers game. Look, uh, we're, we're, we're not supposed to be trying to figure this out. We're supposed to have it already figured out, mm-hmm. you know. you know. So that's just why I want to say, keep, keep doing your thing. This is Vince out of Northtown, and I'm gone. Go ahead. Hey, good call. Really good call. Like, like uh, A lot of good stuff that you had there. And, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You know, to a certain extent, I agree with, you know, kind of wasting Devontae. If, if they're not going to figure things out and get things going, what are you doing? I mean, this dude is all-world wide receiver. He wants to win. He's got that burn in his belly to win, and I'm, I'm not mad at him. He gets 20 targets in a game, and, and, you know, they come up short. He's got to be wondering what the hell's going on. And so, yeah, and that's another reason. You know, going back to my my uh, my explanation, when I think that when you look at all three quarterbacks, Jimmy G, Brian Hoyer, and Aiden O'Connell, it's another reason why, in my opinion, you don't go with Aiden O'Connell yet, because again, you're telling Devontae, all right, we're going to try to figure things out, see what the rookies got, and I don't think, just my gut feeling. Sometimes my gut feeling is correct, sometimes my gut feeling is gas, but my gut feeling is he don't want to stick around and just figure out what's going on. He wants to win, like you said, and he wants to win. Right now, I know a guy that wants to win is in LA. His name is Eddie. Eddie, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q, how you doing? So yeah, the previous caller said it best. It's got to be Colton Minner on that line. If you're looking for someone who's been the longest tenured lineman on that line, Colton Minner needs to step up. Obviously, his play last week is up to par, and he would be the first one to say it, I'm sure. But he has to step up and take ownership of that line. Talk to the guy, man to man, each one, and, and, and figure out why they can't be as physical as they were last year. Part of the reason I personally think we're uh, teams are stacking the box against us this year is we don't have a quarterback that's con- consistently throwing it down the field. Mm-hmm. So whether Jimmy G was able to do that in offenses before, he's clearly not able to do that in this offense. Now, yeah. that that that. That begs a bigger question in what McDaniels is doing to tailor this offense 
to fit the skill sets of the players that are on this roster. Other things that you have to also consider now, and everything should be on the table until they start winning, is, is his message getting stale. You think about the, the last year, we weren't that bad in my, uh, that I can remember against the run on defense. You got rid of you got rid of players that were good against the run. Obviously, getting hurt against the pass a pass. You brought in your players on on defense. You're spending a whole lot of money on offense, and now both sides are having issues. So it, it's not a great look for that locker room. But I want to ask you something that's very that has been sticking out since I heard Devontae Adams's comments. Now we're all on the, uh, we're all assuming uh, uh, whether correct or not that he's talking about the players. What if he's talking about the coaches? What if he's talking about what the messages they're sending on why they continue to press with the same old message, not tinkering at all the offense, and just putting the onus back on the players and saying, you guys need to execute better. Yes, we need to make different calls, but the system, we need to trust in the system and execute. Those players might already be trusting in the system and might be executing at the best their skill set can allow. But if you're not then turning around and adjusting that system to suit those skill sets, and then it's not working, where's that line where you start potentially getting stale and losing the locker room? Like I said it, man, I said it yesterday. I'll keep saying it until we actually win. It ain't easy being a Raider fan. Raider Nation, stay up. <laughs> Eddie in L.A., good call. And I'll say this to, to ask your, uh, answer your question. I definitely don't believe that he was just talking to the players. I think he was talking to everybody. Straight up. I, I, and I don't think that that's the wrong thing. And Vinny kind of alluded that to that earlier this week when we were talking to Coach McDaniels. Matter of fact, on Monday, he, he, talk, he asked him about it, and he said, hey, Devontae's earned that right to speak on. And, yeah, Devontae's frustrated. I think he's talking to everybody. I don't think he's just exclusively talking to the players to figure it out. I think he's talking to the coaches to figure it out because he wants to win, going back to winning. And that's another reason why I don't think that it would be smart to go to Aiden O'Connell right now because, again, that's letting him know that the plan is not the plan. You know, so I think that that I think that you bring up a lot of good points. Let me say this because we've had multiple calls now. We had Vince uh, from from North Town, North, not Knopf. <laughs> I like to say Knopf. It's all good. Uh, maybe that's the Texas in me. That's cool. Uh, and Eddie in L.A. talking about Colton Miller as that vocal leader. Uh, we had a couple people calling about Colton earlier in the show, and well, he's just not a, a vocal type guy, but. Don't take my word for it. Here's Coach McDaniels talking about the leadership that Colton Miller brings to the Raiders. Consistent, um, tough, um, you know, really approaches his job the right way, wants to do it the right way, um, asks good questions, practices hard. Um, you know, he, he doesn't, you don't, you don't, sometimes you don't hear him a lot because he's just kind of a softer spoken guy in that regard. But when you watch him play, there's a different aggression to him. Um, um, and, and again, just, it's just consistent, you know, a consistent performance, you know, he's been out there every day, just, you know, working at his craft, working at his craft, uh, puts out a really, a really good product and, and does his job at a really high level. And, um, I think there's a lot of people that see that and try to emulate that with their, with their own day. So there's coach McDaniels right there talking about cultability. And you heard what he said. He's, he's not, you don't really hear him. He's a soft spoken guy. Again, you can't have Tigers change their stripes. They don't, it doesn't happen, right? He's not, he's not a vocal guy like that. He's not going to be a rah-rah dude. The Raiders, in my opinion, need a rah-rah dude. One quick text, and then we'll go to the Raiders locker room. Uh, this is from the 707. If I'm Devontae, knowing Jimmy can't get it done, I'm pounding the table for Aiden O'Connell. And maybe he is. And maybe that changes the game. If Devontae goes into Coach McDaniels or Dave Ziegler's office and says, hey, guys, 
I think that we need to let the rookie go out there and play. I'm ready to ball out for the rookie. Then that changes the game. But if he doesn't, and if they don't run it by him and he doesn't give him two thumbs up on it and he's a little hesitant, I think you've got to respect Devontae and stick with the guy that they brought in to give him the best chance to win, which is Jimmy G. So there's that. But thank you for that text, and maybe that's the case. Again, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not, you know, I'm not on Devontae's phone, so I can't tell you exactly what he's thinking. But just from the outside looking in, from the point of view that I have, it just in week four doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go to the rookie as opposed to a veteran that could possibly get it done and give the team the better chance to win. Now let's go inside the Raiders locker room real quick. We appreciate all the calls and texts. We've been getting a lot of great feedback here on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's hear from the trigger man, not the guy, not the quarterback, but the guy that's getting the ball to the quarterback. Let's hear from Andre James inside the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. No decision on, has been made on, on quarterback right now, but for you, especially as a center, it could be anybody back there uh, yep. on, on Sunday. How does that change your preparation and, and like, trying to get it together with the fact that it could be any number of guys. You know, we feel comfortable with anyone that's uh, well back there. We've got a lot of reps between uh, all three of the quarterbacks, especially just center and quarterback going back all the way back to OTA. So we feel, we feel comfortable with whoever is back there. At this point, um, is there you probably know everyone's tendencies or are you comfortable with all three of them at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So whoever was ever back there, you know, calling the plays, we feel comfortable as a whole line just go out there and do our best for them. Is this one kind of the training camp stuff when they talked about guys kind of rotating in and out so much where it could pay off in a week like this? Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's why you get those reps in training camp and OTAs all the way back to then so that if a situation like this ever happens, you you know, you have some, uh, you, you have some um, familiarity with some of these quarterbacks. So... Seems like every week you guys are getting an elite pass rusher. Uh, this week you have another one coming in. How much does game film on, say, like last week uh, with Watt help you out this week? You know, that's that's the NFL. It's like every week is is, uh, is an elite pass rusher, just like you said. So, uh, you know, just breaking down the film, you know, there's always different moves or guys, uh, guys like, you know, same kind of moves, so you got to go in there and kind of really break down the film and see what their favorite kind of moves are and just, uh, just expect it when it's coming. Raiders center Andre James right there in the locker room. You heard Vinny Bonsignor and uh, a couple others there from the media, the local media, talking to the, the center of the silver and black. How about the right tackle? How about Jermaine Illuminor? Uh, I know Vinny Bonsignor caught up with him in the Raiders locker room a little while ago. Here's that conversation as well. Sunday, Devontae, we challenged everybody to you know, stop talking, let's start doing. Uh-huh. When a leader like that talks, does that resonate in the locker room? Um, just let you know you got to do your job better, you know, because you know he's going to go out there and give 100% every single play. And if you're not doing that, then, you know, you're not doing enough for the team to win. And it's kind of you're doing a disservice to yourself as well because you're putting yourself in a bad position. And everyone's always replaceable in this um, sport. So, you know, you got to put your best foot forward all the time. You've been one of the leaders on this team as well. Uh, is that something that you agree with, like, in terms of – and it's got to start on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It, it doesn't just happen on Sunday. Yeah, 100%. I think that in order to have a great Sunday, you have to have a great Monday through Saturday. And, you know, Josh preached that when we were in New England together, and he preached it here. And I truly believe that if you don't have a good week, then you can't expect to have a good Sunday. And – you know, Monday through Friday, those practices are crucial for Sunday because that's when you get all your, um, you know, the scheme down. That's when you get your technique down. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing that correctly, then I don't know how you build confidence for Sunday. When you look in this locker room, do you feel like the reaction's been where it needs to be in terms of- Yeah, I think that everyone knows what we need to do. And out on a practice field, everyone's trying their best to do that. And, you know, it's just little things that are holding us back. So, you know, me, the line, Receivers, whoever it is, you know, we all need to step up our game to help this team um, get to where they need to be. 
Jermaine and Luminor in the Raiders locker room right there. You heard from a couple offensive linemen. Many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor for making that happen and getting that right over to us. And that's what we do, man, one-stop shop. We're all over the place between guests, between players, whatever we can do to provide you the best coverage possible we like to do here on Raider Nation Radio 920, especially here on Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, got a couple more texts to get to, and then we got some winning on the way. Uh, how about this one from the Five and Dime? Teams that play too high are playing single high all day versus Raiders. Run blocking is bad, but J.J. can make a guy or two miss and make the guys right when they're wrong. Problem is, defenses ain't scared of the deep ball. J.J. getting gang tackled at the line of scrimmage. No running back with a full offseason in camp is running well with those conditions. Uh, that's from the five and dime. Uh, let's see. We'll also get one from Raider James. He said, uh, the defense has been better this year. Passing yard surrender per game is just behind the 49ers. This is impressive considering how the defense has been on the field 30 minutes longer than opponents, which amounts to two quarters an entire half a game. So uh, there you go. Raiders time of possession, 77-45. Opponents time of possession, 102-15. Thank you, Raider James, for that. Appreciate you. Sal from Arizona hit us up. Listening on our way home, riding with the Cardinals and a Broncos fan, my other boy Q and Christian. I've reminded Christian of the number 70 all day long. Go Raiders. That's Sal in Arizona riding back. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Mailman Raiders said, Q, maybe we need to pull a Colorado and Travis Hunter, uh, Travis Hunter and play Max on both sides because we know he'll fire some people up. And that right side do need some help. I'm joking, obviously. But looking at the offense, I just don't see it. Devontae is the closest thing, but he ain't no Chad Johnson getting your face rah-rah type guy, and uh, you're right about that. Uh, but he is, he is, you know, a vocal guy, but more, I feel like when, it looks, when you look at Devontae, he's way more vocal inside the Raiders locker room as opposed to just, you know, out there on the field inside everyone's, uh, inside everyone's face. But, again, uh, he is a guy that de- demands and uh, re- deserves a lot of respect. Uh, this one's from the 803. Appreciate all the optimism, but this upcoming game has disaster written all over it. We barely beat a garbage Denver team, got destroyed by a legit Bills squad, were embarrassed by a sophomore quarterback at Allegiant, and now face a perennial MVP candidate in Herbert. All while our own quarterback looks like a downgrade, even if he plays behind an offense that is inept, running the rock with no tight end integration in the passing game, while we ask Adams to be Superman. Oh, and our entire coaching staff appears college level at best. Our special teams coach is proving to be inferior to Bisaccia, while our defensive coordinator enjoys his coax upstairs as his unit looks worse than last year. Poor Max. And the head coach, I can't even. Tired of all this smoke getting blown, not falling for the banana tailpipe, not this week. After this week, Mark Davis will need to have yet another closed-door meeting with Josh McField goal. Shake my head. That's from the 803. And I don't know what smoke's getting blown. I'll start there. What smoke is getting blown? Right? I mean, honestly, well, I, I'm, I'm asking a serious question. Only thing we've talked about in this game is not the Raiders are going to go win it. Not one time in the last two hours and 45 minutes has anyone said anything about the Raiders winning this game. Only thing I said was that the Raiders have the best chance to win, in my opinion, with Jimmy G behind center as opposed to Aiden O'Connell in week four. There's no smoke there. All we've been talking about is leadership and the vocal leader. I'm asking who it is, and I said I haven't seen it. There's no smoke there. We just heard from a couple players inside the Raiders locker room. What they have to do, Jermaine and Luminor just called out a few guys that we need to do our job better. There's no smoke there. Ted Wynn joined us to talk about film study, what Tyree Wilson needs to do to get better, what the expectations for the season are. What did he say? Probably be a year that, you know, you just hope that he can continue to get better. Maybe next year he'll be better. There's no smoke there. Talk to Matt Money Smith about the Chargers, what they got going. 
how they barely won the game last week against the Vikings, what their biggest issue has been defensively, what the offenses look like under Kellen Moore. There's no smoke there. So I ask you, where's the smoke? What smoke are you talking about? Please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Matter of fact, I invite you to call from the 803. Give us a call. Tell us where the smoke's coming from. I always say where there's smoke, there's fire, but I don't see no smoke, and I don't hear no and smell no fire. Let me know about it. 702-365-9200. If you're not going to call about smoke and fire, you can call about four tickets to Shriners OP, uh, uh, Open at TPC. We got four tickets to this event. It's going down October 11th to October 15th. You can enjoy PGA Tour Golf at its finest in Vegas. It's for a charitable charitable event. Uh, Shriners, it's really cool. A lot of times JT is out there. A lot of times we'll have different guests and golfers on from this event. The FedEx Cup points is involved in this tournament. Uh, you want four tickets to it? We got four tickets to it right now. 702-365-9200. Let, let us know about it. Call number nine is what we're looking for. It's 444, and this is Red Nation Radio 920. It's time for a reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. And shout out to Jim. He's our winner for the day. Four tickets to the Shriners Open at TPC. What's up, Jim? Congratulations. There you go. That's, That's awesome. the excitement you should have when you All win. the time. All <laughs> the time. Hey, real quick side note, man. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings this Friday. Uh, folks are always asking, which one are you going to be at? We're on, like, world tour. Galleria Mall. Galleria Mall will be the spot this Friday, 2 to 5 p.m. Uh, come on by, hang out with us, and uh, we'll have a good time. Guaranteed a good time to have a good time. So, again, the Galleria Mall. Uh, this Friday, 2 to 5 p.m., Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. Go ahead, Ari. All right. Okay, so last night I did the Aces game, was on the board. Uh, the, the play-by-play, our very own T.C. Martin on ESPN Las Vegas, told me that you could find tickets for the Broncos-Bears game for $2.11 on StubHub. I actually could not find that. but then Why I, does he know that? I mean, that is news. I think that's a notable thing to know as a sports – he's a radio sports guy, so, I mean – that is uh that's something interesting enough for me to bring to this. So I, I, I thought that was interesting. I, I couldn't quite find it looking, but then I was on Twitter and saw like several different accounts saying that they saw the same thing and it's specifically two eleven, which tells me that it's not you know, if it's like five bucks, ten bucks, then it's people right. kind of hearsay, but right. two eleven is a very specific number. Um, so whether it's real or not, it's just this is just I mean, is it Who's wor- like? As the Broncos are so bad, the Bears are so bad. Is it the the, the combination of the team? No. Why are we? Two dollars is insane. No, it's not even that. It's two eleven. It's the number two eleven, right? I mean, that's what that's what it is. It's the I forget the exact wording for it, but it's two eleven. It's it's yeah. It's it's like police lingo when it's there's a two eleven going on. Like it's it's a, a play dumpster fire. It's a play on what's going on. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know exactly why someone would actually have tickets out there, except for that those are two bad teams. But it's definitely, uh, you know, just like shout out to our guy. I believe he's from Fremont. Um, two eleven calls in all the time to the radio st- station. Calls in, calls into the morning tailgate all the time. So. Yeah, man, two elevens got a little edge, right? Wasn't it? It's a robbery. Yes, thank you. Jeez. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. All right, you see what I'm saying now? Okay. I do now, yes. Thank you. All Look, I, I get all those numbers confused, <laughs> but they've all been involved in every hip-hop song across America. Right. So, yeah, there you go. All right. As long as they, as long as they ain't selling tickets for $1.87, you you'll be okay. Right. When they get down to one eighty-seven, that's when you're in trouble. <laughs> two eleven is different, but one eighty-seven, that's when you're that's really, really in trouble. That's really the end of both franchises. If, if if anyone offers me anything, hey, Q, here's something for $1.87, eighty-seven. I'm going the other way. No thanks. 
I'm good. Amen. I wonder how many. Uh, I wonder what the over under on that crowd's going to be as far as the total. Wow. Yeah, Chicago's a mess. Chicago is a mess, as well as Jimmy Butler, who says the NBA needs to look into the Bucks for tampering after landing Damian Lillard today. <laughs> Why else would he go play with Giannis on a team that consistently is making the playoffs? somewhat consistently reason or excuse no it's a, it's an excuse and the reason why he did that he went out on uh instagram and uh started talking about the nba needs to in- investigate uh the bucks for tampering after they landed uh, uh damian lillard in a trade today which is a big trade a big deal for for uh, Giannis and the bucks and this is after Giannis came out and said that you know he's a winner and he's either going to win there in milwaukee or he's going to win somewhere else so they went and got him some help but why Jimmy's complaining and putting that out there is because Miami's already been hit for tampering and all the conversations that were going on with players saying, I want to go here, there, and the other. If you remember, Dame Lillard said he wanted to go to Miami. So now Miami, they only put out a piss-poor offer for a Mm -hmm. trade, which was Tyler Hero, and thought that they were going to be arrogant enough to get it because, well, that's where Dame wants to go. And Portland said, no, no, no. We're going to get the best deal we can, and we'll send him to a good team, which is a really good team in Milwaukee, uh, especially playing up there next to Giannis. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm – it's an excuse for Jimmy and anger on the Miami Heat's part of you because they just thought that that Heat culture was going to – somehow get the guy that they wanted in Dame Lillard and didn't happen. So nothing but an excuse. Yeah, agreed. That's that uh that's that hate when you see a you know a lady friend that you were interested in with another dude. Man, that dude's a lame. That's right. Basically what I see. Right. It's it's exactly it's it's almost <laughs> like saying, oh that girl ain't that hot anyway. Yeah. I didn't yeah want exactly. anyway. Sounds good. All right, uh one more here. We we spoke about it earlier. Asia Wilson was I'll just use the phrase myself, snubbed in the MVP voting. For um, sure. So, well, I mean, there's a lot of different angles, but I was talking to uh, our very own over there at ESPN Las Vegas. Is uh, Dangerous Danny? Is that what he goes by these days? Dangerous Danny? Of... Is that what you called him? I've heard that. I've heard Degenerate Danny. Yeah, it's the, he's a degenerate. <laughs> he ain't nothing he Ain't nothing dangerous about Danny. I think that, I think that there was a... It was a Cofield thing. Dangerous, like his takes were were just so bad. Dangerous because dangerous. he's willing to drive to Arizona to place a bet. Actually, that might be one of them. Yeah, that's were, that's the danger part of some them. reasons. That's um, also the reason he's a degenerate is because he's willing to drive to Arizona right, to place a that, bet when you live in Las Vegas and can bet anywhere you want. For real. But well, anyway, go ahead. Hey, you gotta give him credit. It's good effort. Anyway, he suggested uh, for one reason because there's many different angles to this, but he said it's probably pretty hard. To be like the most valuable player on a team with such valuable players, you know, it's like a super team. You have all this talent, and so he thinking maybe that aside from some hating, that it, it basically might be based on that. Where it's just no, like, that's the team excuse. is so successful. That's an excuse, Danny. Need, that's effort. an excuse from Danny. No, that's, that's an excuse from Danny. That's terrible. That's an excuse for the WNBA. Honestly, I think that they wanted to spread it around, and I think the fact that the Liberty beat the Aces a few times this year is probably why they gave it to Brianna Stewart. For the record, um, he doesn't believe that. He just so, suggested that. Well, that suggestion was a bad suggestion. <laughs> so I hope he doesn't give those kind of suggestions at the Westgate when he's there on Sunday mornings representing ESPN Las Vegas. I hope he only gives those bad takes uh, to you guys in the hallway. So there's that. Uh, no, I think the WNBA wanted to spread it around. Uh, Brianna Stewart, you know, plays for a really good team in the Liberty. I think all of us anticipate the Aces and the Liberty squaring up with each other. So Indeed. there's that. But who knows? Asia Wilson's fantastic, and that's all that matters. That's do it for us. It's Radish Radio 920. Have a great evening. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.